0: KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. It's time for midday edition on KPBS. Today, San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria joins us with an update on what's happening in the city. I'm Jade Hindman, with conversations that keep you informed, inspired, and make you think. We'll talk about what's next after the Housing Action Plan 2.0 hit a stumbling block.
1: Monday's vote was a setback, but I'm confident that we can get this back on track. And my expectation is that we'll have this back before the City Council very quickly.
0: Plus, we'll find out how the city plans to fill the chief of police position as Neslite heads out. That's ahead on Midday Edition. KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation. Presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at CandlewoodArtsFestival.org. San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria has long touted the importance of building more housing in San Diego to ease both the shortage and homelessness crisis. But the mayor's latest suite of housing initiatives ran into a stumbling block last week when the city council rejected his Housing Action Plan 2.0 proposal due to changes in affordable housing rules. Earlier today, the mayor announced plans to bring the housing proposal to the city council again next month. Meanwhile, San Diego is starting the search for its next police chief. Plus, the city is looking to open its next safe parking site near the airport. I spoke with San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria late last week. Here's that interview. And Mayor Gloria, welcome back to Midday Edition.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Jade.
0: Glad you're here. So the San Diego City Council rejected your housing plan uh, or your housing action plan 2.0 last Monday, largely uh, due to amendments that would change the rules for affordable housing. Can you explain the reasoning for that proposed change?
1: Well, I want to start by just acknowledging that San Diego's severe housing crisis is central to really every challenge that we face from economic growth to homelessness, and we need to take action on this. Monday's vote was a setback, um, but I'm confident that we can get this back on track. And my expectation is that we'll have this back before the city council very quickly. Uh, Specifically to your question, uh, the perhaps disagreement of which there was not a consensus on the city council amendments were offered and were unsuccessful by those who didn't support my proposal, um, to, uh, try and address what is the desire to actually build units and specifically the ability for folks who are building housing in a community to be able to build more and more affordable housing uh, on a different site. Uh, That sort of flexibility we think will create more housing that people can afford and that's why we've proposed it. There are some questions from some council members uh, that we're gonna try and address with this additional time that we have and ultimately hopefully come to a consensus and move forward with taking action on the most urgent issue in our city, which is our housing and homelessness crisis.
0: And how would allowing off-site affordable housing work, and how does it change the city's vision for uh, complete communities?
1: Well, w- what it works is somewhat to how it works now. you know folks who want to build homes do have the ability to uh, do stuff off-site or pay it in Luffy and we as a city use those dollars to build off-site. And the idea is this Jade that if we can use lower housing costs and lower land values in another community to actually get more housing and more housing that's more deeply affordable, that we all see that as the social benefit that it is, right? Fewer units at more at higher prices, don't really address the need that we have in our community, although for uh, community integration reasons, I understand why that's a concern. The way I attempted to address this is by saying that we're not gonna concentrate these lower cost units and lower income communities, instead that we would allow them to be constructed in what we call high resource communities, communities with more amenities, with easier access to jobs and other things uh, that are hallmarks of those high resource communities. Uh, so I think we put forward something that is extremely balanced and accomplishes what we want, more housing that's more affordable in areas of greater opportunity. Uh, Obviously, there's a debate amongst the council and ultimately what happened on Monday was a lack of consensus. Uh, Ultimately, I think we can gain that consensus and move forward. But that flexibility is key to doing what we need to do, which is build more homes that everyday San Diegans can afford.
0: And so then what's next for your housing action plan? How will you reach a consensus? Um, Do you plan to remove or adjust the proposed changes to affordable housing when you bring it back before council?
1: So I'm working with council members now to understand some of the comments that they made the other day really vet whether or not what they're suggesting will be effective or not. Uh, And if we can find agreement on things that I believe will actually move the needle on housing affordability, we'll make those alterations and then bring this back before the city council. Um, Again, I think that this is not going to be a difficult negotiation. Quite honestly, I think on Monday, if the hearing had been permitted to go on for just a few more moments, we probably could have found that consensus. Um, But we're going to take this additional time that the council has given me uh, to make this uh, proposal better, certainly make it uh implementable uh and then move on to the next innovation because jade let's be clear uh, while i believe passionately that housing action package 2.0 will help improve the situation it will not solve our housing affordability crisis and you can guarantee that i will come back again and again with new ideas to innovate in this space to make it more affordable for san diegans to live here in our great city
0: Mm. And uh, you've often emphasized the importance of, of building more housing for San Diegans, as you've done throughout this interview. Um, but you chose not to opt in to the SB10, which would make mm-hmm. it easier to build housing in certain areas. Why is that?
1: Jade, what you just said is actually not accurate. As you well know, I proposed uh, city, city of San Diego uh, opting in to SB10, one of the few cities in California that has attempted to do this. Uh, this was a part of the original Housing Action Package 2.0. When this item uh, was heard by the Planning Commission, uh, they opted to remove this uh, from uh, the proposal in order to workshop it further. Uh, We're continuing to work with the Planning Commission and with interested stakeholders to try and find a pathway forward for SB10. For your listeners' benefit, what SB10 will do, in my estimation, is create more townhomes in our city, which are typically first-time home ownership opportunities. And Jade, I am passionate about this. Working in middle-class San Diegans deserve the opportunity to buy homes in our city and Build wealth and raise families here. I believe SB Ten will do it. I'm open to the suggestions and the concerns of the Planning Commission and others to make sure that this fits for San Diego. Uh, but to suggest that I am not uh, supportive of trying to build more homes through through methods like SB Ten is simply not accurate. It was removed by the Planning Commission, and it is uh, a continuing concern that I hope to bring back in the future.
0: Okay, so I know you said that the the Planning Commission removed um, the SB Ten proposal. But their vote was purely advisory, um, and you could have kept it in the package
1: if you wanted to. Correct? I mean, that's fair, Jade. But the planning commission does vet um, land use items for the city council and for the city as a whole. Uh, often, when they uh, take a dim view on something, it is not necessarily going to be successful when it's heard by the city council. And so, you know, what they asked for was for more work to be done on it. And I'm happy to do that. Um, you know, I understand that this is a significant change, uh, and that we should take our time uh, to understand and perhaps address some of the concerns that are out there. And that's what we're doing. Uh, you're correct; their their opinion, their their work, and their votes are advisory. Uh, but I do take their work very seriously. I take their opinions uh, extremely seriously. Uh, these are professionals that serve in a voluntary capacity for the city, and I think it's right to show them the respect and the courtesy to listen to their concerns and study them the way that they ask for them to be done. That what we're doing Uh, but ultimately the desire uh, that is behind that proposal to build more first-time home ownership opportunities in the city of san diego is something i'm still very committed to Uh, and whether it's sb 10 some variation of sb 10 or some other strategy ultimately jade the work still needs to be done to build more homes in san diego that are affordable to working and middle-class people uh, to give them that first-time home ownership opportunity Uh, that work is very important Uh, if it takes a little bit longer I'm, del- I'm happy to do that, I will do that, and that's what we're doing now.
2: Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right, this year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad.
0: You're listening to KPBS Midday Edition. I'm Jade Hindman. I'm speaking with San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria. Uh, And Mayor Gloria, I want to turn our attention to law enforcement. Last week, San Diego's police chief, uh, David Neslite, announced he plans to retire in June. He served in that role for your entire time in office. How would you rate his performance?
1: Well, I would like to say Uh, publicly that I am grateful uh, to Chief Nislight for his steady leadership of our San Diego Police Department, as well as his service to the city for the last 36 years. Uh, He has overseen our department in a time of great challenge. Uh, and I believe he's been successful in working with me to make sure that San Diego remains one of the safest big cities in the United States. Uh, as his service to our city comes to an end in June of 2024, uh, we are going to undertake a national search uh, for a new police chief to make sure uh, that we stay one of the safest big cities in the United States. And importantly, that we ensure that our department continues to innovate uh, and holds uh, criminals accountable and while keeping our neighborhoods and its residents uh, uh, safe in their homes.
0: And the city said the search for Nislight's replacement is already underway. In a statement, you said you'll be looking to include community stakeholders to help select San Diego's next police chief. Tell us how you intend to do that and how the community will have a voice in the hiring process.
1: Absolutely. So we have hired an outside consultant uh, to help the city uh, recruit from across the country, as well as internal to our department. We anticipate and hope to have uh, internal applicants as well, but to field a a good group of folks from which we can choose from. And one of the ways we're gonna make those choices is through involving the community. Uh, We intend to gather community input, specifically having a forum in all nine of our city council districts, and then having uh, interview panels uh, that consist of both internal city stakeholders, you know, department peers and others that will work with the next police chief, as well as community members who are nominated by council members and by myself uh, to help serve as a community voice in vetting uh, these individuals who step forward to say that they believe that they are the right leader for our department. Uh, Bottom line, end of the day, we hope to have a selected candidate for the city council's confirmation uh, before Chief Nislight concludes his service to the city in late June of 2024. Uh, And right now, what we've given you is a time frame of basically eight months to do this community engagement to recruit these individuals to vet them thoroughly and pick the very best person to lead the San Diego Police Department.
0: And I guess, you know, there has been some concern from the community um, about Bob Murray and associates uh, and their engagement in this process. Uh, Are you aware of that?
1: You know, Jade, everything that we do at the city does have detractors. Um, Often it's on social media and it's worth about as much as what they paid to post those comments. Um, But with regard to Bob Murray & Associates, I hope your listeners, your viewers know, uh, they are a nationally recognized search firm. They perform police chief searches all across this country. Uh, They performed the last city search uh, as a process that I think most people felt was thorough and and inclusive. uh, And we're anticipating taking that previous process and improving upon it to make sure that people's voices are heard and that we get the very best person that's out there. Uh, But with regard to Bob Murray and Associates, uh, again, uh, we are performing a national search and we're using a firm uh, that has a national reputation that has helped to select police chiefs all across this country. And to do that successfully, I believe they can do that for San Diego.
0: After a long period where there had been multiple vacancies, the San Diego Ethics Commission is now fully uh, filled with two more appointees approved earlier this month, but this was after you nominated former San Diego Sheriff Bill Gore for it, or Bill Gore, rather, for it. Um, The selection garnered criticism from criminal justice reform advocates given the high death toll in San Diego's jails during Gore's tenure. Uh, Why did you think the former sheriff was a good choice for Ethics Commission?
1: Well, because he met the very narrow qualifications required for the position that we recommended him for. And I feel like that hasn't always been made very clear by the media, so please allow me to do that now. What we would, what this particular seat on our ethics commission required is someone who has previously run for public office, uh, someone who has not run against an existing elected official, uh, and someone, uh, who is generally a resident of the city of San Diego, someone who's willing to serve on the body. And reminder for your listeners, this is a voluntary position. There's no compensation associated with it. Um, and someone who is in this particular case could not be a Democrat. So when you look at a city resident, not a democrat who's run for political office and who's willing to serve but has not uh, ran against someone who is currently serving that's a very narrow group of people jade and we certainly contacted plenty of people that fit that narrow definition and sadly most of them were not willing to serve it didn't either fit their needs or maybe conflicted with other things in their life point is uh, former sheriff gore met and meets all of those qualifications and was willing to serve uh I issued two call memos, two council members asking for nominations. And Jade, you probably know, I received no responses. And so ultimately, what we were left with was having an ethics commission uh, that was having trouble making quorum. Uh, and that's just unacceptable. So absent council action, I took action to put forward qualified nominees who are meet the qualifications that are under our city charter. Uh, ultimately, uh, Sheriff Gore, former Sheriff Gore, withdrew his uh, nomination. And the council finally submitted a name of someone who met that very... Very narrow definition. I'm glad to say that that person now has been confirmed and conserved. We now have an ethics commission that is fully staffed. And that's a good thing. Uh, San Diegans deserve to know that our ethics laws are being fully implemented. And I have to say, it shouldn't be this hard uh, to appoint people to the ethics commission. But what you saw from me and my administration was being relentless in making sure that we put forward uh, qualified applicants who meet the letter of the law. Uh, Ultimately, it took too long to get this done, but now it's done. And I'm glad that the ethics commission is fully staffed.
0: And the City Council announced plans for a new shelter site on city-owned land near the airport called the H Barracks. Can you talk about what the shelter will look like as well as how long it'll take for it to be opened?
1: I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about this, Jade, because I do worry that, you know, as much as everyone is frustrated by our homelessness crisis, too often folks um, are concerned about the solutions that we propose. And I think opportunities like this are really invaluable to talk about what this is, what this isn't, and how I believe it can help improve our situation. So H Barracks will be very familiar to many of your listeners and viewers, um, even if they've never heard of it before. This is a city owned site immediately adjacent to San Diego International Airport. For any of your listeners who sat in the cell phone lot at san diego international airport recently when you're sitting in that lot you're probably looking at h barracks these are barracks that were previously used by the united states navy when this was the naval training center Uh, it has been closed for a long period of time and these vacant buildings have been there uh, for quite some time underutilized Uh, this will be the site of a future wastewater treatment site for the city of san diego's pure water project but that particular uh, use is not going to be available for quite some time the pure water project as you may know is the largest infrastructure project in the city's history history, and it's going to take many years to build that wastewater treatment facility. My opinion is is that every city asset should be utilized to its maximum extent to address our homelessness crisis, and so if we have this key piece of land uh, that is not currently being used, I believe we can use it to address our homelessness crisis. So what are we going to propose there? We are proposing a a relatively large uh, homeless services facility. Uh, We're still working on what that would look like. A lot of the details are still being worked upon with community input, and so I'd don't have all the details I'd like to share with you, not because I'm holding them back, but because we legitimately are working with professionals in the homeless services world, as well as community members to understand what we can do there to be as successful as possible. But ultimately, Jade, this is a multi acre site uh, that is isn't a Discreet location, it is next to the airport, it is far from residences, businesses, schools and whatnot. It is separated from the Point Loma community by the channel of water that's there that runs alongside Liberty Station. So we think this is an appropriate site. We think it have high impact that we could house hundreds of homeless individuals there. And what I want your listeners to hear me say is this is a temporary use. Uh, we believe that with some speed, we can maybe oper- operationalize this space in, uh, in as little as a year's time from now. Um, but whatever we do there will be time limited because we still need this site for a wastewater treatment facility. So you've seen me move forward on safe sleeping sites at 20th and B and at uh, O-Lot in uh, in and around the downtown Balboa Park area. Uh, those sites are also temporary. Uh, H-Barracks uh, can be an additional uh, to those facilities and a transition place for those while we work on longer term strategies at locations like the Old Central Library in downtown. So forgive me for the long answer, Jade, but there's a lot of moving parts here. Ultimately, what I hope your listeners hear and feel is a city that is doing all it possibly can to have high-impact solutions to our homelessness crisis, places where people can go with security, services, uh, and most importantly, pathways out of homelessness and into permanent housing. Uh, I think H Barracks can again have that high impact on a temporary basis to help us get people off of our sidewalks, out of our parks, uh, off of our beaches, and into care and on their way to permanent housing.
0: I've been speaking with San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria. Mayor Gloria, as always, thank you so much for joining us.
1: My absolute pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity, Jane. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the
2: past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right.